Welcome, Elder Emos. On today's episode of the Elder Emo Hours podcast, join Samit, Brittany, and Alicia while they sit down with DeMarco. Welcome, Elder Emos. Uh, I'm your host, Sammy. I'm Alicia. And I'm Brittany. And on tonight's episode of the Elder Emo Hours, we have the extremely talented Nick, a.k.a. DeMarco. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. How have things been? Yep. Ah, crazy, honestly. Between, like, work, school, and music, it's like my head's all over the place, you know, prioritizing time and stuff. It's really difficult, but I'm making do. Good. Making it through, you know? Good. good. Yeah. So how do you how do you balance all of that? All three of those things? Because all three of them can be very taxing at once. How do you balance all that? To be honest with you, I'm just going to be raw with this. I'm not going to try to be inspirational at all. I have no idea. <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> hey, take it like day by day and speak the truth. You know, do my thing. Try to get them when I can. Like if there's some days where... Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, I like it too. So uh, let's start. Let's start out talking about a little bit about you and music. Um, so talk to me about the, like, talk to me about the name Demarco. I know you and I have talked about it. So why don't we get it from you? How that came about? Right. So when I first started like making music, I didn't know what I wanted my name to be because I wanted to brand something. I didn't want to just have my name like. Nick DeMarco. So I thought, all right, I'll just use my last name and make it look all fancy. And my way of doing that was putting an X in there. So it was kind of like a, I think, honestly, I don't like the name. There's a rebrand coming soon, but really it's just my last name. Oh, rebrand. So can we get a a sneak of what that rename's, like the branding's going to be, or do we have to wait for that? You're going to have to wait for that, I'm sorry. Dang it! But dive a little deeper into that. The direction I'm going with it, you know how Kanye has, like, his clothing line? Yeah. Where it's, like, kind of his name, like, Yeezy? I'm kind of going with that direction, so I want my artist name to be the brand name. So, like, when you see it on a t-shirt, it's like, oh, that's that brand, not that artist. I like that. I like it. I like that. I like it. Could it also be kind of like the Prince thing as well, where Prince was more of, like, a symbol versus... A symbol versus, like, a a name? You know, I never thought of that, but that's actually, that's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Prince, rest in peace. God rest his soul. Still oh, a classic. Love it. Yeah. Amen. I have him <laughs> on my vinyl right now. Uh, so then going off of that, talk to me about, so we know where the name came from. We know there's a rebrand coming as we were talking about. Um, pop punk of all the genres and things that you could use or even go for. Why did you choose pop punk? So, when I was growing up, really, everything on the radio was like Blink-182. It was all pop-punk. That was mainstream music. That was, at a time, considered pop music. Like, there was no... Like, there was obviously pop, like Lady Gaga and all them. But the heaviest thing you heard was, like, pop-punk. And, you know, growing up, that's just kind of part of me. Like, I related with it the most. It's kind of in my blood. So then who... It was always there, so... Who are your biggest inspirations, then? Probably, like, 
Good Charlotte, Blink-182, Sum-41. So, fun fact, we say this all the time. Brittany and I are from where Good Charlotte is from. So Really? Yes. We both live in Waldorf, near Waldorf. So, we we have a... I'm 30 minutes south of Waldorf. Yeah, we have... We have a soft spot for them, especially when it comes to back in the day when my walls were plastered in good Charlotte posters. I even read their autobiography. So, because why not? Wait, where is mm-hmm. where is Waldorf? Maryland. In Maryland. Maryland, okay. Southern Maryland, yeah. Yeah, Brittany's in Southern Maryland. I'm from Southern Maryland. I live in North Carolina, and Alicia's in North Carolina. I'm and then you're in raised. Pennsylvania. <laughs> If you can't tell uh, by the accent. Can't. tell. So, uh, Good Charlotte, some 40, some 41's touring again. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah, With I actually plan. saw that. With Simple Plan. They actually have Magnolia Park on that on that tour, too, which is pretty awesome. Yes. You know, that's big for them. On the second half of that tour, so, like, when they come to Silver Spring, Maryland, they're not going to be... It's not them. It's... Who is it, Sam? Uh, set it off. Uh... Yes. Which I haven't heard of them. Yeah. You never heard of Set It Off? No. Oh my god. Set It Off is oh, so good. good. They're good. They're so good. <laughs> I'll have to check them if out. If you like You'll pop punk, you to need to up. live. When are Emo Nights? <laughs> yes, Emo Nights, Fire oh, Nights. such a poser. Be... <laughs> Did you just call yourself a poser? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um... However, speaking of that, why don't we, so, of course, the only real digging that we could do into you is definitely your TikTok, TikTok, Instagram, and things like that. So, you posted a video on TikTok not too long ago about, um, I guess somebody had called you a poser? Or you were trying to... Oh, yeah. Uh, you were, maybe you were trying to, like, prove that it wasn't whatever. Talk to me about that. Has somebody actually called you that? I've been called a poser. I've been called an MGK wannabe. I've been called a wannabe. I've been told, you know, I put a little quote in there that was like, you were in diapers when this was coming out. Why are you making this music? It's like, I don't know. It shouldn't matter. At the end of the day, music is music. You should be allowed to enjoy it and, you know, do your thing. And you're bringing it back. Like they're bringing I, I our music. Agree. Like I said, on when you were in our emo night, I was like, "Hey, you may be young, but you're like keeping our music alive, and it's amazing. You're bringing it to like the people that are ten years younger than us. You know, it's oh yeah, it's sick. Exactly. I, I just hope personally, I just hope it's not a trend that's going on because it seems like when MGK started this whole pop punk revival, everybody was on top of it. It was like the number one thing. You know, you had the e-boys coming on TikToks, the e-girls. I just hope it kind of lasts and it's not, you know, just a fad. Okay, yeah. so it's... Well, well I think that when we were young tour, I think that kind of brought back a lot of um, us older kids. Like, oh my god, this music, yes! Like, we're living this life again. <laughs> Which I haven't I stopped. That, honestly, that's when I noticed, actually, a lot of people reverting back to, like, you know playing all the music from when we were in high school which was a very right, we still listen ago. to it we do every day we yes. do i listen to yeah. it every single day 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like it was more pronounced, I think, or if that's the right word, after that tour was announced. Mm-hmm. A lot of emo kids yeah. came out of the woodwork with that one, people that I had no idea about at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I first saw the When We Were Young tour announcement, I was like, this can't be for real. Like, it looks so fake. So, like, for a week, I'm right? like, there's no way this is, like, happening. Me and Sam, it were like, like seeing, uh, seeing, we had this like, whole conversation. romance as a headliner, that's kind of like, really? Yeah. And I freaking love MCR, like, uh, Well, but and seeing so many bands, because it was originally smushed into one day, and you're like, how the It's hell still are smushed into one day. Like right, it, w- it would be Woodstock all over they, again. Yeah, I I've heard they've moved it. They've made it like two, at least two days. No, now. so they added Can each band get they, like one song. What they did was they added. So the show is now three days, but each day is the same exact oh, wow. lineup. It's not yeah. like that over three days. It's the same exact lineup <laughs> every single day. Yeah. Oh my god. So how on earth it are you supposed to any see sixty something of your favorite bands in one place that yeah. has like, no parking? Uh, uh. Okay. <laughs> it has no parking, so you can't drive there. You got a ride share there. Nah, like, damn. I got so definitely bring a tent. Right. And a bucket. Right. Yes. So. Yeah, that's actually it's kind of scary actually thinking about that because Woodstock, yeah, it was a great thing, but the stuff that went on there was kind of crazy. Like there was people just trapped. You know, you couldn't go to the bathroom. I would just hate to see something like that happen with. You know this to- or this whole thing that's going on. Well, a lot of people were also comparing it to well, not necessarily comparing it, but raising raising the flag about it being something like Astro World, Astro World, which yeah, was a yeah. huge thing, um, and yeah. that uh, I don't. We're not going to go into Astro World. That's a different time, different yeah, place, no. different <laughs> no, genre altogether. Um, oh yeah. We all have our feelings over that. (laughs) So we're just going to move on from that. Um, But talk to me about, talk to me about your music. So what's, what's usually the, uh, the feeling or message behind a lot of your music? Cause I know you have two tracks on Spotify that we play consistently. It's in all of our playlists and stuff too. So talk to me about those. Like what inspired you to write those? So really what inspired me to write those is, well, actually losing my mind is about fake friends and how, you know, they're going to be around, but they're going to, you know, cause a lot of problems for you. And I had this like awakening after I graduated where I was like, wow, these people, you know, they kind of suck. Like they're not good for me. So I wrote a song about it. And then, you know, from there, I'm just trying to promote like mental health and all that. But at the same time, I'm trying to move away from that because it's kind of having some effects on me. You know, always thinking about my mental health, always being in a bad spot. Like, I don't want to be there all the time. I want to kind of get more positive. And it's funny because the second track, I decided to do that. And <laughs> it didn't go too well. If you listen to I'll Be Okay, it's very bipolar. It's like, in the verses, I'm very down. And then it switches to, you know, I'll be okay. Like, I'll be fine, you know, despite everything. And then it goes back to being super sad. So it's like, I'm trying to balance those two, but it's not really working. But at the end of the day, I do want to promote mental health. Okay, so talk to me about that. Why do you, why do you want to promote it so much? Because I feel like nowadays, mental health is very, you know, 
well, it was taboo at one point. Like, you had people saying, oh, you're depressed. Well, I went through this and I went through this. Like, people that were older than me. And it's like, you know, everybody's got, you know, a brain. Everybody feels things, you know? So what makes mm-hmm. what we experience different from whatever you experienced? You know, it's not, it's not talked about enough. It, it's really not. Absolutely. I completely agree I with you. That. But it's not talked enough about by men, too. So kudos to you. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, for being, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of them hide it. So it's absolutely great to have somebody, you know. Yeah, that's, a, that's another thing. I mean, men, or male mental health. Everybody hides it, you know, they don't want to seem soft, they want to seem like, oh, I swing the hammer, I nail the boards, like, I'm this big, burly dude with a beard. It's like, you're, you're soft too, just admit yeah. it, come on. Yeah. My my husband is a big, burly dude with a beard, and he's soft too. Yeah. So. But I feel like, like, I, com- I, Nick, I completely agree with you, like, it's not something that's talked about enough, or it's, the stigma around it is, is so taboo that like nobody wants to talk about it. nobody wants to have the conversation because it makes people uncomfortable because like when you're in those moments they don't know how to react to it like i've got problems i have issues i have i had an issue before this interview today like it's it is what it is but the fact that you're actually taking it and talking about it through your music and in so many different ways i think is it is an amazing thing. I think it needs to happen more. So kudos to you for doing that and taking that on mm-hmm. and taking a running with that. We're not going to get into too many specifics on that because I really don't feel like crying tonight while I am an emo kid. Yeah. Like <laughs> I do that enough when I'm not on camera. But Same. Um, we're in the fake friend thing. That, okay, now that you've said that and after as many times I listened to the song, like, it makes sense. But you also brought up a valid point that, like, when I graduated high school, I the I didn't talk to anybody after I left high school. Like, it was weird. So that was way to hit close to home, bud. <laughs> I wasn't prepared right, yeah. for that one. That's for, one I agree. For sure, for sure. You just took the nail and hit it right on the head for real. I've been attacked. <laughs> yeah. Twice. <laughs> I mean, that was actually, that was the first song I ever, like, recorded on. Like, vocals. Like, before that, I would sing in my car to, like, songs and stuff. But that was the first time I ever sang my own, you know, thing. I went to the studio, and my producer, Andrew, was like, so, have you ever, like, sang before? I'm like, nope, I have no idea what I'm doing. Shut like, up. Right, Seriously? That's so awesome. Yeah. Wow. There's no way. Yeah, it, it needs a lot of work, though. If you, if you ask me my honest opinion on the performance for Losing My Mind, if I was able to go back and do it again, it would be way better. It would sound way better. I would have thought you'd been doing this for a long time when I listened to it. Nope. I, and then right? you're going to come out here and say, oh, no, I just did this yesterday in my spare time. Like, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Like in August, I did this. <laughs> you said pretty much having that kind of raw That's talent. Like, I wish. God, I wish. Uh, right? Thank you, thank you. You're, br- you're bringing the ego up. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to do. That's what everybody right, should right, do. Yeah. Um, 
You're awesome, and you need to know that you're awesome. Right. So when it comes to it. when it comes to your music and everything, and uh, you said you went to the studio, you recorded this just kind of off the wall, uh, but it's also been brought to our attention that you do a lot of pretty much everything when it comes to comes to your music. So it's not you're not just kind of like a solo artist just by yourself singing in a microphone. Like you're the one that's doing everything else. You're coordinating everything else except for really producing yourself. Correct? Right. Yeah. hundred percent. So like when I go to the studio, my typical thing, I'll make up a riff or like I'll say a verse. And when I go there, I'm there for 12 hours with my producer, Andrew and the engineer, Eric, who owns the studio. And we'll pretty much piece this song together. And if I'm, I'm not like, I know no music theory, so, like, when I go in there, I'm just going off the top of my head. If I'm going, like, off the rails with something and it makes no sense, they're like, yo, you're over here, you need to be, like, over here. They kind of redirect me, so I'm really grateful for them, but, um, yeah. Now, do you have any, like, music training or anything like that, or? No, I literally picked up a guitar one day, I was like, I'm gonna try to play this. (laughs) And then I learned. That is so awesome. I love that. I, yeah, I taught myself how to play. That's what? so dope. Like, you would have thought by, like, the, the things that you've released, that, again, like, you've been doing this for a long time. Like, this is something you've been doing since you were super young. And then here you're coming in here and just being like, yeah, I just do everything flying by the seat of my pants, and I've created this masterpiece that <laughs> I wish I could do that. I feel like I wish I could do that in life. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's all about mindset when it comes to this stuff. You don't have to be the best musician on the planet to write something. You can literally, if you put your mind to anything, you can do it. And you, if you believe in yourself enough, you can do it. And I think a lot of my thing is I'm oblivious to like absolutely everything that's around me. So I just like kind of think freely. Like I still have that childlike mindset where I'm like, I can do this, whatever. I'm just going to do it. But I feel like you have to have that to a degree. That's something that I feel like we all have that to a certain extent of that mindset, but we're just, I know for myself being older now, like I try not to tap into that so much. Cause I'm like, I'm an adult. I'm 30 years old. Like I have to, I have to be by the book, whatever. But then that's, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's totally true. That's it's just, no fun. It's no fun. It's no fun. Maybe that's why we right. do this podcast. I honestly, you should never let your inner yes. child die. Because that is the one thing that you're going to, you need that, you know, you need that to experience joy. Mr. Philosophical over here. me all in my feelings. I know, I'm here. like, I get, what? <laughs> I get very philosophical. If I get, if I get too into it, you gotta make sure you shut me down if I get too into it. Cause I can go down oh, that no, rabbit hole I love like, it. way far. I love it. amazing. Especially like to hear a 20 year old, like, you know, have the mindset that you do is just. It's refreshing. I wish I had that at your age. Like, I wish I had the the music ability. I wish I had the talent. The the things that you're doing right now at your age and the things that you're producing and that you're making, it, it's incredible. Like, I wish I had that. Brittany and I were in a band way back in high school, and I wish at that point that we had that. However... We we did not, and Weezer suffered for it, but it's fine. It's fine. Oh, were you guys like a Weezer cover band? <laughs> no. So we were a rock band called Queen of Hearts. 
I was the drummer. I like the name. All girls. She was the bassist. And the only song that we could play as a band was Beverly Hills by Weezer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That's the only thing that we could play. And Weezer was not. They were not proud of us by any means. <laughs> But if we had, like, if we had that mentality and everything, we probably could have actually created something that was halfway decent. She literally won't even listen to that song now. I can't. Now. I'm traumatized. I still jam out to it. Traumatized. I would love to listen to it. No. I, I refuse. That's why, it's, that's why it's not on the Elder Emo's playlist. I absolutely refuse. Wait, is it, is it recorded? Ours? Is this recorded? Yeah. Yes. It was... Poorly I have. Recorded. I gotta hear this. I have the CD right. somewhere. I got it. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's, it's on the CD. CD. So dang. That's uh, how far back we're going here. It was recorded on we a had CD. A, it was burnt onto a yellow CD. Yeah. So never, never again, never again. <laughs> but like, uh, got it, got it. But I wish that we had that back in the day. That probably would have made yeah. things. A whole lot of difference for us but now here we are 30 years yeah. old and we're reliving our high school our high school years by doing this podcast trying to help bands and stuff like we used to or artists god i'm totally here for it though in my 30s still here I for mean, it yeah me too um one thing i really appreciate i really appreciate how you guys are trying to help artists because nowadays you don't really see that I mean, from my experience in the industry so far, which is very little, there's a lot of people who are going to scam you and say, here's or, uh, here's a playlist spot, pay me $400, and then it's just a bunch of bots who listen to your song. It's not genuine people. And in turn, that screws up your Spotify algorithm. So it's like you're pretty much paying to get these streams that don't even return the money because you get paid like 12, like a fraction of a penny yeah. for a stream, you know? However, I have discovered doing this and talking to different bands is you get paid more on Apple Music than you do on Spotify. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He's like, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. He's like, wait. Yeah, so. I think I'm pushing to the wrong area. Spotify, Spotify pays like a fraction of a penny and so does, uh, so does Apple Music, but they pay a higher portion of that. So that's why most people are like, hey, we're on both. But if you stream on Apple Music, they get paid more versus being on Spotify. So if I'm personally, I'm streaming on Apple Music in my spare time and Spotify when I'm at work. So it's I do both because I'm like, well, I mean, I listen to some songs on repeat consistently. And if I'm listening to it on repeat, I'd rather you get that extra point zero zero eight on that penny than anything else but yeah apple music pays more but at the end of the day i mean we just want to give back to the community like we've been there we know what like all of you artists and everything go through we've seen it we've been there um and this is just one of the ways that we can do that we've been in every aspect of it we've been booking managers tour managers we've been booking agents uh promoters street teams We've done it all. And if we were in a band, we've been around the block. So if this is something that we can do and it's a very small level of that, then awesome. Um, we've met a lot of really great artists and things, too, that have come out of the woodwork of all different kinds. 
like uh, different bands, individual artists like yourself. There's a lot of people that are doing the independent thing by themselves and creating the music for themselves versus being in a band and things like that. And I think it's, it's incredible. It's a good change that I think our scene needs. Um, now, MGK coming out, I still think there's some controversy over whether or not we would consider him to be emo, pop punk, and everything else. There's always a big debate on that. But even still, he's bringing some good attention to the scene itself. Which I think we kind 100%, of need I agree. to make a comeback. Because um, it's just, it feels like, and I don't, I don't know if you can attest to this or not, especially being from um, like a different, not necessarily different time frame, but growing up in a different one. But it felt like our scene took a hit for a couple years. And like there wasn't a whole lot coming out in the pop punk scene or anything like that. It was just, it's like a, it was like four to five years that we just took a hit and now like it's our comeback era. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you're talking about because in that time frame, that's when a lot of the uh, like hardcore bands were starting to come out. And that's actually where I kind of started with pop punk, like prior to childhood, because I got out of it for a little bit. I was a metalhead for a while. When I got back into it, it was actually, like, Calling All Captains, uh, Sender Quest, um, like, Youth Fountain. I don't know who else. Real Friends, maybe? I don't know if they're in that area that you're talking about. But they were kind of on that hardcore side. But that was pop punk for a while. Like, Knuckle Puck. They're, they weren't really pop punk. They were, like, a hardcore band. Yeah. Mm. And that's kind of what took the face of pop punk for a little bit. Calling All Captains is coming by the studio in two weeks. No way. I am so excited. They're awesome. I love them. Yeah. We uh we interviewed Felicity last week and they were talking about how they were one of the the favorite bands that they've ever toured with. And I'm very excited to talk to them. Um but yeah, I mean I feel like a lot of a lot of bands and stuff took that they all kind of went through this maybe it's experimental stage if that might be a better way to describe it with their music before actually settling into something that works for them. Um, although I can tell you right now, knuckle puck kicks me in the face with their song untitled every time. <laughs> like, yep. And that's the other thing too, is I don't know if you've noticed if, if any of any of you have noticed at this point, but it, I feel like, the, the slower songs and the ballads that are coming out now from all of these bands sock you in the face so much harder than prior, than, like, bands before. Like, when Good Charlotte came up with their song, Hold On, yeah, that was, that was a heavy hitter. Super heavy hitter, super relatable. But then you have, like, uh, you have Slaves that comes out with Down for the Ride, who is soul-crushing. Or all of these other ones. It's just like, I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. Am I the only one that feels that way? Am I that much of an emo kid? Oh crap, uh, I didn't realize no, I, I know was on what mute. You mean. I know what you mean. Like when Sum 41... And I've been talking. Sum 41 put out <laughs> With Me, that love ballad. Yes. That one hits pretty hard. Oh Yeah. Well, I, I was just saying, like, today I cried over a Spill Canvas song. 
that I totally forgot about, but I re-listened to it. And I was like remembering the lyrics and like I just bawled my eyes out and I was like, oh my God, it was The Tide. If y'all heard that one yeah. by the Spoken Vis. Like, I was crying. I was like, I forgot about this song. But then I also feel like it's one of those things that like, as you get older, like you, as you get older, you start to, like you, you understand it more and understand it better. Mm-hmm. Like Good Charlotte's Hold On was one of those songs that like back in the day, like it was one of my favorite songs and I loved it. And I kind of understood the, the point and everything with it when I was in elementary, like not elementary, but middle and high school. But then it's like, I started listening to the Young and the Hopeless album not too long ago. Because I was like, you know what? I'm really feeling nostalgic at this point. So I started listening to it. And then I listened to that song. And I was like, wow, this is relatable. This was literally me two years ago. And it's like, okay. That song. This sucks. That song came out while I was in high school. And we just lost one of our friends to suicide. And I was like, if he could have listened to the song before, like that, like, oh my god. Like, I still get chills over that freaking song. Sorry, we just... Because every time I hear it, I think of him. Yeah, we just had a guest appearance. And I'm like, I... (laughs) It's like, I just wish it came out just a little sooner so he could hear that song. But I think it's great when you can have, like, you have music that actually makes you think. Like... Like Nick's song, the uh, with the fake friends and mental health and stuff like that. Like those types of songs that you have that actually make people think and actually make people feel something, also make them remember you. At the same time, oh yeah, because you made them feel something that maybe they were trying to to push off or hide from. Which I hate because I don't want to feel things. Right. You gotta, you gotta. At the end of the day, though, with my music, yeah, I'm trying to promote mental health, but the number one thing I think I'm trying to do, now that I thought about it a little more, it's probably make somebody feel like they're not alone. You know, because I know a lot of people, they feel so alone with their mental health, like, you know, oh, because I know when I first, I was in denial with depression and all that, I was like, there's no way, I can't be depressed. Like, I was under the impression, like, oh, I had it good all these years. Like, no, there was stuff that, you know did some damage to me obviously and then i finally accepted it and i'm like okay i need to like help other people you know accept it so they're not so confused and disoriented like why do i feel this way yeah i that's such a good point because i never dealt with depression anxiety until my postpartum like i had my daughter and i went through the postpartum depression anxiety so like i never knew what people went through until I went through it and I was like oh my god like this is what all my friends are going through that you know they told me they were going through anxiety and I had no idea and like I could feel what they were feeling and yeah like people need to talk about it more definitely yeah like because I felt alone I feel like the conversation that type of conversation needs to be something that consistently stays relevant because it's it's something that that I I think a lot of people don't they don't want to face it like they just kind of want to deal with it and they're like oh everybody else is facing it so it is what it is or how you brought up a great point Nick about how it's like you you don't really want it you didn't want to face it it is what it is and then you kind of accepted it um, to realize that it's 
it is a thing and it's not necessarily something to push off or be ashamed of. Um, I wish I would have done that sooner to be perfectly honest. Like I've got anxiety, I've got depression, I've got PTSD. So it's, and I kept pushing it off, which is what made things worse. So I just feel like, I feel like that conversation still needs to be relevant. Granted, I did not have a child to have that. I just was, I was born with it at this point. But I do think that conversation needs to stay relevant for everyone. Because everybody feels it mm-hmm. in some way. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't matter how or why or whether or not somebody's story is worse than yours. Everybody Exactly. Everybody takes mm-hmm. it differently. Everybody goes through things differently. It affects everybody differently. Mm-hmm. You just have to be there for mm-hmm. people. The, I think the worst kind yeah. of person you can come across when you're going through, like, a mental health crisis is somebody who says, oh, well, my story is, like you yeah. said, my story is worse. That kind of invalidates your feelings. It makes you feel, you know, oh, maybe I'm not, I shouldn't feel like this because he had it worse off. Yeah, you can use that to some degree, but you can't really use that for your whole, you know, mental health spiel. You know what I mean? No. No. If anything, I would use, like, I understand where you're coming from. Like, I've been there as well, but not, like, you're invalid because my story is so much worse. No. I use what I deal with to help other people because I understand, like, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get there's a struggle, you know, so I'm here. But I also feel like that needs oh, yeah. to open the conversation of... I know that I do this and I'm, I do this a lot and I don't mean for it to come off the way that it does. But like when somebody's talking to me about their mental health and where they are or how they're feeling and then I come in and I'm like, I give like an example of, oh, well, this is what I went through. I don't do that to say, oh, well, mine was worse than yours. Mine was like, I'm trying to tell you that to relate to you, to be like, right. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. I've like, I've granted our situations are different but similar but i've been there like i i know what that is and i feel like that's something that uh we kind of get lost in translation with because most people are like well i don't i don't want to talk about your problems i want to talk about mine and i'm like i'm i'm doing it to relate to you more like i'm being open and honest right yeah i think Yeah. yeah a big way to communicate that i found personally is to be empathetic. You got to be like empathetic in your way of saying it. Like, oh, well, I went through this, you know, good eye contact, you know, your facial expressions, everything you do with your, your body language, you can't be like cocky about it and be like, oh, well, I went through this. So, you know, F you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't ever say that or get right. up. Like, no, don't do that. Right. Yeah. No. No. I get you. I'm here for you. This is what happened to me. I get it. That, and don't say things like, oh, well, uh, what was the other one? Oh, well, you have nothing to feel sad about. Or, oh, get over it. Oh, suck it up. Or, oh. don't, like, no. Just don't think about it. Oh, yeah, don't Just think, don't think about, about it. it. That's not how that works. I hear that daily. That's, I mean. If only it were that easy. If only it were that easy. Like, hello. If only it were that easy, I wouldn't <laughs> I wish I could thinking about it. Wait, let me just turn my brain off. No big deal. Yeah. Now, do you, uh, Nick, do you find that your, is your music kind of like a therapeutic outlet for you? I'll be right back. Uh, yes and no. Okay. 
because I gotta I gotta dig up a lot of suppressed emotions to actually write what I'm writing about and really dive deep into my brain to figure out like what is going on like it takes a lot to write lyrics and to really you know get it concise but at the end of the day it you know when it's the finished product is there it's like okay I just conquered some kind of like a boss fight if you would like I just conquered some kind of thing by writing that song but the process of writing it it's it's a mess like I'm I'm manic the entire time when I'm writing I'm just like Whenever I'm writing a song, the world is just crumbling, you know, and it sucks because as an artist, you kind of have to put yourself in that position. But do you though? Like, do you, I mean, cause I feel like, I feel like that that's the, don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like that's almost like self-destructive in a way. Yeah. I, I've been told a lot I'm self-destructive. That's. Yeah. I mean, I can't... I, but I can't. every artist, really, that's kind of how it is. You know, you gotta... An artist doesn't do it just for, you know, their fans. They do it for themselves, too. And their fans are relating because, you know, obviously there's something going on there, but it's a good way of self-growth. Like, you're digging deep into yourself to figure out what, what went on here. Like, why am I writing about this? Song's done. Then you kind of... For me, at least, after the song's done, it's kind of like this moment of clarity, like, oh, okay, this is what was going on, this is what caused, like, these feelings. Now, have you ever... It's a good way to reflect. Have you ever kind of jumped down that rabbit hole and had to pull yourself back at being like, yeah, it might be a little too far? Yeah, actually, uh, the song I'm writing right now is kind of, kind of tearing me up a little bit. Ooh. So about, it's about a girl. It's not about mental health this time. So it's like... Oh, oh. no. It's oh, yeah. sad, though. Like, oh. Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's, how, it, uh, it's how it is. I mean... Yeah. Relationships, mental health. Those types of things tend to be a lot of the topics for... A lot of your more heartfelt stuff. And by your facial expression, when I just said that, it just kind of confirmed... <laughs> confirm that yeah <laughs> yeah um now do you do all the writing by yourself as well um lyrics yes uh instrumentals no sweet and then do you have like a team that so you actually on? yeah my producer and my engineer are my main team okay so it's all within the same realm, same group of people. Right. Okay. That's awesome. Now, talk to me about, so you, you stated that you're writing, you're writing again, you're, um, what's your, what's your plan going forward? Like, what is your, what's next steps for you? So it's kind of early to say this, but I'm trying to monetize with what I'm doing. You know, I'm tired of beating around the bush. I want to make money off of what I'm doing. I want to get this brand started up. I want to get going. So I think the best way for me to do that is drop an EP with a bunch of different songs. You know, there's going to be a lot of different stuff on it. It's not just going to be pop punk. It's going to dive into the hardcore, into the metal side of things too. Ooh, yeah. But uh, yeah, getting that out of the way. I'm losing track. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> Your Sorry, next I got, <laughs> ADD, squirrel? Yeah, I do. I do have, I have ADHD. That's kind of, 
will cause a lot of the... I'm getting off topic here, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So the EP, definitely, I want to monetize, get this clothing brand started up, and, you know, make these steps so I can make money off of it. But yeah, that's that's really it. You know, keep going with the TikTok, Instagram. Nice. Yeah. So then what, what made you decide to go into music? Like, did you have, like, a moment when you decided this is what you wanted to do, or...? I mean, from a young age, I always wanted to sing. I loved to sing. So I thought, you know, I might as well do this. You know, I love pop punk, love music, so I might as well do it. I kind of had that awakening moment because I wasn't um. sold on it from the get-go. So over the summer, I was a nursing student, actually. And I was working oh, at a nursing home. You know, wiping butts, and I worked on, like, a... I yeah. did that. I've done that too. I've done oh, it. It's, it's not it. It's not it. I'm just going to yeah. be honest. Really not. Sounds like a shit but, uh, show. <laughs> yeah, literally. It really is. Literally. literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, I've been there. <laughs> Me I worked too. On, I worked on the behavioral unit, so it was like a lot of uh, people with Alzheimer's, you know, mental issues, so they were combative at times. But that's oh, when yeah. I was in the process of writing Losing My Mind when I was working there. Oh. And uh, fast forward a couple months, I actually, I got kicked out of nursing school because my grades weren't, you know, the best. So that's when I transitioned over. I was like, you know what? I love music. I already started this up. Let's make a business out of this. Now I'm going to school for business and I'm using that to, you know, piece together everything that I have to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely been there with the Alzheimer's unit and everything. Yep. That was... Whew. See, two very different ends of the spectrum between nursing and music. Really? And that's, that's interesting. That's just that's an interesting transition from one to the other. You remind me? But I will say that it's kind of a connection there because those residents with Alzheimer's, I had one guy that he would listen to music oh, yeah. from like back in the 40s and it would put him in the best mood ever. But he could definitely be combative. But like... I don't know. There's definitely a connection there. With oh yeah. I know it is total opposite ends, but there's definitely a connection there, especially working with you know people with Alzheimer's. Yeah. Music helps them. It's therapy. For I feel them. like music. Yeah, I, I remember working with one woman. Oh yeah, it's therapy for us too. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. It's, it's really with... an escape. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, like, when you're not listening to music, you're just sitting in your room all alone. There's like a million different thoughts going through your head. At least when a song's on, you have something to focus on. You know, kind of mm-hmm. yeah. sucks you out of the moment. Yeah. Or actually, not it's sucks you out, brings you into the moment. My house. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's the only way I can get stuff done around my house. I have to put music on. Like, what? one of my residents would actually... She she could barely talk, but you put a music on that she knows, she sang every lyric. And I'm like, mm-hmm. music is, like... it's Yeah, it's therapeutic, for real. Yes. Absolutely. Now, you also mentioned about the whole Instagram, TikTok, and things like that. Um, from your perspective, how do you think that social media has made an impact on the music scene? Do you think it's a good thing? Do you think it's a bad thing? How do you feel about that? Man, there's, there's a lot of takeaways from this. I mean, it's it's great, and it's also bad, because with social media coming into play, completely blew up the music industry. Like, it's completely oversaturated. And labels aren't really looking at, you know, what your fans are now and what you can provide for them. They look like, oh, you got a million followers on TikTok? Here's a deal. 
It's like, what's your TikTok look like? That's going to be the first question they probably ask you when you go for a deal. That makes it kind of hard. But, um, yeah, the good thing is, though, for people like me, you know, small town kid, it's easy to kind of blow up because you're, you post something on TikTok and can go everywhere. Now everybody has the opportunity to see that. We've definitely seen that. We, yes, we have. We've only been doing this podcast for two weeks. And yes, yes. Growth is a major thing. Um, now, I saw I'm that. I'm still like. Well, yeah, me too. Every morning I wake up and we have like 50 new followers. And I just find it hard to believe that that many people like us <laughs> with overnight. It still blows my mind. Um, now. Hey, there's a lot of people TikTok. Well, that's also true. So talk to me about, so obviously we have a bunch of different bands and things that we're working with, a bunch of artists and things that we found. What are some of your favorite artists that you've discovered from TikTok and social media? Definitely, I got to say at the top, right now for pop punk, I'm stuck between Friend Circle and Magnolia Park. Because both of them, they're bringing the fun back and everything. You know, they're not all about like, oh, I want to make money. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be a trend. They're like, pop punk's supposed to be fun. Let's keep it that way. But Friend Circle is definitely doing a great job with that. I think they're coming on the podcast, right? Yeah. Yes, they Thought are. So. Thought so. <laughs> yep. They are. Yay. They are coming on. Um, I love Mag Park. Like two weeks. Right? Next week, I think. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. yeah. A week from Thursday. Yeah. I, I love Magnolia Park. I feel like their music is also one of those ones that's super relatable. Um, like, their, their one song that's 10 by 10. 10 by 10 that's going around. Like, their, oh, their yeah. second verse about, like, their bank accounts got me stressed out, the car breaking down and everything. I'm like, that's so relatable. Like, that was me mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Like, I feel that. But they're also ones that are, like, super good dudes, but they also talk about some of, like, the crate, like, they talk about the issues as well. Kind of like you. Definitely, definitely. And I, th- yeah. I think that's... <laughs> they keep it fun, though. I, I mean, yeah, they keep yeah. it fun. They keep it catchy. So you don't always have to feel bad for yourself. Like, <laughs> granted, I do every day, mm-hmm. but now I can laugh at myself in the, the form of music at the same time. Um, now... There's a question that I love to ask. Now, you didn't have a MySpace. You weren't around during the MySpace days. But you know what MySpace is. Yeah. Okay. So, the question... I'm going to ask you two questions of almost the same thing. Um, No, it's really only one question. Uh, If you had a MySpace today... What would your profile song be? The anthem by Good Charlotte. Easy. Yes. <laughs> Easy. Easy pick. Hell yeah. Love it. I knew I liked you. I knew there was a win. <laughs> um, yeah. So why why that one? I don't know. Every every line just speaks to me. You know, I don't ever want to be like you. Like I don't want to be like these people who are getting stuck in nine to fives. You know, working these real jobs. Like, what even is a real job today? There's so many different jobs you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know? He just attacked me. You gotta like think, the they wrote that. Time. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like I don't. I don't want to. You know, live that lifestyle. I want to live a fulfilling life. I don't want to. You know, what's the word for it? There's a phrase for it. I don't want to live to work. I want to work to live. Work to, work to live. My mom actually told me that. Yes. Uh, you remind me so much of me when I was your age, because I went from nursing to photography, and now I do photography. Because I didn't want to do the nine to five. I photography and yeah. do weddings and do um, stuff that Sam does with the with the gore makeup. And we do a bunch of gore photo shoots. Yeah, that's. Awesome. I feel like we're all kind of in that though, because like I, in high school, I was a theater kid. I went from a theater kid to a mass communications major, to working in a restaurant, to then working in a bank. To then doing special effects makeup, to filming, to photography, to promotion, to this. Like, it's... I work a nine-to-five. I am that person. I am a corporate millennial. At the end of the day, I am a corporate millennial. But when I get off work, like, I'm a corporate millennial by day. I'm ripping out throats and talking to musicians at night. Like, it's what I do. Yes. Awesome. You got balance. Right. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. And you know, I'm, I, when I said that, I want to say I wasn't harping on people who work nine to fives because obviously people got to do what they got to do. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm going to be working a nine to five pretty soon. Like I deliver pizzas right now. <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to be working an office job eventually with this business degree. Like music's not going to happen just like that. Like, you know, use it to your advantage is the way I see. Okay. Bigger question, though. If you're delivering pizzas, who are you delivering pizzas for? Because it's going to tell me a lot about you. It's actually it's a it's a small like family restaurant okay it's called dimaggio's dimaggio's demarco okay okay i'm seeing a trend here seeing a trend here um yes <laughs> yeah i mean at the, at, i wish i wasn't working a nine to five most days like i would love to do this just all of the time um more of the fun things the mindless things um because I'm also a bank manager during the day. like, um, But it's always it's always really cool to see, like, going in as a corporate millennial. Like, I'm wearing all these really nice clothes. And then at the end of the day, I'll take my, like, cardigan off or my jacket off. And I have two half sleeves of tattoos and all this other stuff. And they're like, wait, what? They're like, you're a tattooed <laughs> bank manager? I'm like. That's punk rock. Yeah. That's punk rock right there. I was like, right? <laughs> Am I not supposed to be? And they're like, well, I wouldn't have expected that from you. And I was like, well, I've got 11 tattoos and I'm getting more. So. If they left, it would have like fire engine red hair. Oh, my God. Her. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I could have my septum pierce and get away with it, I would totally do that, too. But I can't yes. unless I want to wear a mask all day. But no, thanks. I'm not doing that. I was going to say, can't you? Because like, you can wear a mask. But see, I have to because I'm in school. So, like, I have to wear a mask all right. day. You, you are a substitute teacher. You have to comply by the rules. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, when it comes... You get in line, little duckies. Yeah. So, then, uh, with the music. So, we know that coming up you had like good charlotte you had some 41 and all that so what are some of your favorites now who are your favorites now right now i actually have to look at my spotify because my favorites change like every day (laughs) like it's always something new 
Who have, I guess right now? Who's on, who's on repeat for you right now? On repeat. He's not really pop punk, but do you know who Jack Kays is? No. No, he he current he recently worked with Travis Barker and he put out a song. It was kind of like this hardcore punk rock song. It was a uh, sideways. Okay. You can check him out on Spotify. It's a very good song, very well done. But his whole EP is on repeat, and it's not all punk rock. Like I said, it's just one punk rock song, and then it's piano, then it goes to hip hop, then it goes to like R and B. But that's definitely on hip wow. or uh, on repeat for me. Okay. But if you if out. you're talking more pop punk, I'm gonna have to say Good Charlotte's always on repeat. Oh yeah. So then let me I ask this question now. What? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Good Charlotte now because we've it's been a constant thing, and I have a soft spot for them. <laughs> What's your favorite Good Charlotte album? I it's it's kind of hard. Like the self-titled album was really good, but probably the Young and the Hopeless. Yeah. Yes. That's their best album, I hands agree. down. Yeah, that's that's yeah. yeah, that's hands down my favorite. Hands down, their their best album. Um, have you seen them live? Like, have you been to any one of their shows? Never. I've been Ugh. to one live show in my entire life, and that was Guns N' Roses, what? like two years ago, three Guns years ago. And Okay. So they were like old and like. Yeah, that's a pretty epic first. I mean, if I'm being honest, they weren't really Guns N' Roses when I was there. They were like on the verge of walking out with a cane. (laughs) You know, they're they're like, like Axl Rose. I thought he was gonna drop over on stage. Oh no! (laughs) But yeah. That's probably the best thing I think I've ever heard. I love that. I'll do respect to them, though. More power to them, but... Oh, you broke Alicia. <laughs> She's snorting. <laughs> oh, God, that was the best. <laughs> She's still snorting. Oh, God. You've... She's probably like a mental image of it. I really am. I That's in my mind right now. <laughs> That was the best. This, look, this is yeah. the second one we've done, and it's the first time you've broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> so then, if you if you know Good Charlotte, have you ever heard of Mest? No. Okay. So Mest is a band that was really good friends with Good Charlotte, and they did a lot of touring and stuff with Good Charlotte. Their music is something that I feel like would be kind of up your alley. They've got a lot of, like, the pop-punk vibe, um, but they also have a little bit of, like, the rap vibe as well. It's kind of like if MGK met Good Charlotte is where I would kind of see Mess, um, as far as their music's concerned. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely put that on your, your list to check out. M-A-S-T. Yeah, they're... I already searched it up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> their song Cadillac is... It's, it's, it's a banger. Cadillac and Jaded has Benji from Good Charlotte, also a banger. Um, they're really good ones, so if you haven't checked them out, I would definitely check them out. They do some really good things. Um, now, you said Guns N' Roses is the only concert, like only live show that you've ever been to. So asking, so me asking the question of, well, what's your favorite concert you've ever been to? It's only Guns, <laughs> Guns and maybe Wilted Roses at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it was I there might have been another one. I'm trying to think. Um Oh man. Oh wait, they weren't like the actual band, but I saw an ACDC tribute band and a KISS tribute band. They're pretty good. Yes! What was it Cold Gin? Was KISS the, the KISS uh, tribute no. band Cold Gin? Oh, okay. No. There's one around I here. I forget what they that's... were called. Huh. Do they like getting the get up and everything? Yes. yes. Respect. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so then, let me ask this. So when it, when it comes to your music and things like that, um, the, are you, what can we expect from you by the end of the year? Are you hoping to release your EP by the end of the year? Do you have any time frames on that or any secrets you can share with us? I can share anything. It's not a very developed plan, but I will share what I have so far. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> the EP should, I'm aiming to have it out at the end of summer. Okay. Because I'm kind of, I've been saving up. I'm trying to get in the studio as much as I can to get this done. Sweet. But if not, that's, granted, I can figure out how to promote it and market this the right way. So it blows up and it's not just a waste of money, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can get it out there right on drop. But, um... Really, yeah, the contents of it, the pop-punk side, probably going to be more Good Charlotte, like, lit. Um, who else would it sound like? Like, early Blink-182, like, okay, before okay. Anima of the State, like, guitar riff-wise. I like it. Um, then it's, I'm trying to go hip-hop, like, nothing, do you know who Nothing Nowhere is? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to go for more of that style. Okay. Just kind of get some, like, hip-hop flowing through me. Okay. And then just full-on blow my vocal cords out at the end of the EP. Why would you not do that? Because you're going to need to be making more music after that. So let's not do that. There's pleasure in it, though. I mean... It's so much fun screaming. Well, yes, but... Actually, I got a question for you. Uh I know this is about me and stuff, but are you emo enough to know what who Asking Alexandria is? Oh my the god. The fact that you would ask that question, yes. Yes. Okay. okay. Are we emo right, enough? Stand up and scream. <laughs> well, I didn't know if it was just on like the pop punk side or if it was going like over. We're definitely old enough to know who they are, okay. for sure. I feel like we were listening to them back in high school. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. our music ranges oh, yeah. isn't just necessarily pop punk. Like, I listen to Avenged Sevenfold, yeah. I listen to Under Oath. Uh, asking Alexandria, oh, Disturb, POD. I listen System of a Down. I listen to all of them, but Breaking then I also Benjamin. listen to Good Charlotte, Simple Plan, all of those. Yeah, a Brandy. Day to Remember is one of my favorite bands. Like we're all over the place. My Chemical Romance. It's not. It's not Great, just it. pop punk. We're a little all over the place. Yeah, no. But we grew up on yeah. pop punk. I love all kinds of music. Oh, I do too. Perfect. Now. Um. Oh, bullet for my Valentine. Also, we just found out that Limp Biscuit came oh. out with a new record. Yeah. Oh, I still haven't listened to that. Yeah, yeah I haven't. Your either. expression was the no, expression we I out. had. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, we like. What? Kind of, kind of afraid to listen to it. Apparently, it it's it's definitely like chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water. Like it's very much that vibe. 
Which if it is, then I definitely want to listen to it. Right. They just like but secretly that's, that's dropped a said. random album like out of nowhere. And it was weird. Mm-hmm. So they crazy. quietly dropped another album. Had no yeah, idea. Some of these bands, like some of these bands things, I didn't even know that they still existed. Like, or they were even still playing music. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we just dropped a new album. Like, Sum 41. I didn't think Sum 41 was a thing. And then they're like, oh, we're touring with Simple Plan and the Blame Canada tour. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. What? Like, you're still a thing. <laughs> Which I am so happy about. I didn't even think... My head exploded. I didn't even think Simple Plan was making music anymore. So. I've, I've only knew that because... I was like, hey. Yeah. That's a weird thing. Like, Simple Plan and all these bands that, like, Good Charlotte and them, they're actually starting to get in with these solo acts. So, like, I can't give you a name offhand, but I know Simple Plan worked with some guy who's, you know, coming up in the industry... The drummer for Sum 41 actually produced this other guy, Titus. I don't know if you've heard of him. I've heard of him. He's kind of... Yeah, he's like all over TikTok. He's doing great with that, actually. Like, mad respect to him. But he actually collaborated with him. It's like... These connections are crazy. Like, the older guys are kind of taking the younger guys under their wing. I love that. That's how it should be at the end of the day. Like, that's how it should be. Makes our scene so much more special. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, So... Nick, we're coming up on an hour as far as our podcast and everything is concerned. Um, so we want to take the time just to thank you for coming by, spending some time with us. Um, yes. Yes. Thank you. It was, I'm sure it was quite the adventure. Uh, all kinds of different things, all kinds of different topics. Um, so we've got Nick in studio today who goes by DeMarco and it's D-I-M-A-R-X-O. Not C-O, X-O. For now, uh, he's got some incredible music on Spotify. You can find him on TikTok. Um, find him on TikTok. You can find him on Instagram. He's all over the place. He's gonna have some really exciting things and everything coming out. We're excited for him. We're excited yes. to have him on the show. You'll also be able to hear all of his tunes on our emo nights that happen every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And who knows? He also likes to pop into our lives, so you might actually hear see him pop in there as well. Um, yeah. But Nick, thank you again for stopping by. We really appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you, guys. And yes, with that, ladies you. and gentlemen, DeMarco.